If you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 3. I thought a lot about what to share with you on this final Sunday of this great year of 2019 and what a year it has been. And as I prayed, and I felt like it was confirmed in the first song that we sung this morning, as I prayed, the Lord, I felt, directed me to one of the greatest revelations that I personally have ever been given in Scripture. This message today is a message that every single person listening, whether you're listening in, in the sanctuary or watching via Facebook Live, this is a message that we should hear to inventory our spiritual walk with the Lord. We're about to embark upon a new decade, a new year of 2020. And I believe the Lord wants to speak to us today. So in John chapter 3, I'm going to read three verses of Scripture. It says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. Please make a mental note of that. And said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Would you stretch your hand this direction and pray God's blessing and anointing over his message and his messenger this morning. Father, we come before you today thanking you for your presence, thanking you for your peace, thanking you for the gifts you have bestowed upon us, your provision and your protection, but most of all, your presence. Lord, we began 2019 asking the question, what will we break our neck for? And I declare it still should be the passion of our heart to go hard after the presence of Jesus. And Lord, on this last Sunday of 2019, may every person that is listening to the sound of my voice, may they take inventory of their walk with God. We thank you, we praise you for everything you have done for us and all you're going to do through the ministry of your word. We give glory and honor to you in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Night and day. If you were to see a set of identical twins and you were talking to their parent, they would say to you in all likelihood, they are identical, but they're as different as night and day. That's a cliche, night and day. There's a man in the Bible named Nicodemus. He's an everyday, ordinary person, just like you and I. He's a man you would find in your community, at the high school, 
on the job, at the supermarket, at the ball game. A person just like people in this room with lots of questions about spiritual things. Like Nicodemus was in John chapter 3. You may be here this morning on this last Sunday of the year and you feel that there's something missing. There's a void. There is something greater, something bigger than yourself and you want to know more. This man, Nicodemus, you will only find him three times in the New Testament. Specifically, you will only find his appearance three times in the Gospel of John, and yet his encounters, his experiences, say tremendous things to us. The first time you find him in John chapter 3, he is first Nicodemus, the man in the night. He's well known, he's probably well off financially, has many material possessions, He's a very religious man. In fact, not only is he religious, but Nicodemus is one of the religious leaders in the community. He serves on the Sanhedrin, which was the religious board for the Jewish people. Now, let me just stop here and tell you, religion does not mean relationship. I'll say that again. Religion does not mean relationship. I can tell you I am church of God. If you haven't figured out, look at the sign. If you haven't figured out, look on the wall. I am church of God through and through, but it matters not what membership role I am on or what the sign reads in the parking lot onto where I drove. It has little value what name is over the church door. What matters is what's over the door of your heart. Nicodemus is a very religious man, but Nicodemus is in the dark He's a man that is in the night. Something else I know is that with sin and dark, they kind of go hand in hand. If you did the statistical research, you would find that more murders happen in the dark. More burglaries take place in the dark. More adulteries happen in the dark. Why is that? Because sin needs a cloak to function And that cloak is darkness. And so I can say with confidence that sin is dark and dark is sin. And if you're here today on this last Sunday of 2019 and you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you are in sin and you are in darkness. But I also want to tell you there's some good news. For if that describes you, I can say with confidence that darkness and sin cannot keep your spirit man from inquiring about your spiritual needs and gaining peace and getting answers about how to become a believer. I'm thankful today that God is love. And I'm thankful today that God is light. But what I'm equally and more grateful for is that God is willing that none should perish but that all should come to repentance and there's not enough sin to keep you pressed down there's not enough bondage and darkness to keep you from having an encounter that will change you and bring you out of darkness into the marvelous light of God's love someone say praise God there was a time I was steeped in darkness but thanks be unto God somebody told 
told me about a man named Jesus. And now this man that was in the night is no longer living in the night, but is living in the daylight of God's love. Well, praise the Lord. I want to declare today, like the prophet Isaiah, the people that are sitting in darkness even this morning are going to see a great light through the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. Well, praise the Lord. See, their old Nick had a reputation. In fact, the three times you find him in the Word of God, he had a nickname of sorts. The three times you see him, he is called Nicodemus, the man who came to Jesus by night. Many, many times I've asked myself the question. I've read that passage. I've taught from that passage. I've preached from that passage. And I, I, I've always asked the question, why did he inquire of Jesus at nighttime? And there are several reasons that were legitimate reasons that could be possible. Maybe he was so busy with his religious duties during the day that he couldn't get to around to the Lord. Or, or maybe Jesus was so busy during the day that he, he felt like that he couldn't take the time to talk uh, to Nicodemus. Maybe there was too, too many people around Jesus that he couldn't get uh, to him. Maybe it's possible that the reason he came to him at night was because he was so stirred up that he couldn't wait until the next morning while all these reasons may be legit brother Rick I believe that more than likely the reason is is because he didn't want to sacrifice his reputation he knew if he came to Jesus in the middle of the day that people would question him they would wonder what are you doing talking uh, to that man but can I tell you because he came to Jesus at night you and I have the golden text of the Bible John three sixteen came out of that encounter for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but would have everlasting life the last words that Nicodemus heard that night was this he that does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be made manifest let me ask you this morning very directly are you the man or the woman in darkness are you the college age or the single adult are you the young person that is living Living in darkness. I've come by to preach to you on this last Sunday of the year that Jesus, the one who preached to audiences that were many in the thousands, 5,000 and 4,000 plus women and children, he is still seeking out the one person that is still in the dark. He's still leaving the fold of 99 and going after the one that is strained. I'm telling you today, you don't have to leave here in the dark even though you came in that way you can leave here in the glorious light of the love of Jesus Christ somebody give the Lord a shout of praise but as the story goes on you find him he's not just the man in the night but now he's the man in the night and in the day the first time you see Nicodemus in John chapter 3 is at nighttime he's inquiring about spiritual things He's a man in spiritual darkness. But the second time you see him in John chapter 7, I, I submit to you he's trying to live in the day and in the night. You see in John chapter 7, his colleagues, the religious leaders, they're fed up with this man named Jesus. His miracles and his teachings, his, his doctrine, they're ready to deal with him once and for all. And so they sent the religious leaders, sent the religious police to arrest Jesus. 
In fact, they went to arrest him. And when the officers returned, Jesus was not with him. He was not in custody. And the religious leaders asked the officers, why have you not brought him to us? And they simply responded. They did not say we couldn't find him. They did not say the crowd was too much. They simply responded, never has a man spoke like this man. Because Jesus had disarmed them with his words. But watch what happens. Nicodemus, their colleague, another religious leader. He's a key leader on this governing religious board. Watch if you read it in John chapter 7. He begins to strategically defend Jesus without showing complete public loyalty and allegiance to this prophet. In verse 51, it says, Does our law judge any before it hears him and knows what he is doing? Basically, Jesus is innocent until proven guilty. And so Nicodemus is taking that position. He is trying to protect Jesus, but he is not, oh, Holy Ghost, help me. He's trying to protect Jesus, but he is not sold out to Jesus. In fact, in verse 48, the question is asked aloud of all of the religious leaders. Have any of the rulers or of the Pharisees believed on this man named Jesus? Nicodemus, there is no response from him. So let me just say this to you today. If, and I I say if Nicodemus had made a commitment to the Lord back in John chapter 3 from that encounter in the nighttime, he clearly is trying to live in both worlds. He's trying to live in darkness and he's trying to live in light. He's trying to live in the nighttime and he's trying to live in the daytime. Let me just stop here and throw down a little bit. Is that okay? Do y'all use that term down here in Southwest Virginia? My buddy down at Fort Chiswell, they say huck and buck down there. I'm just going to say throw down right here for a few minutes. Let me just stop here and say, with every bit of boldness I have in my spirit, you cannot live in both worlds. You cannot live in the dark and live in the light. You have to leave the night and step into the day. You have to leave the dark and step into the light. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 tells us all about it. It tells us we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people to show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light which in times past were not a people of God but now we are the people of God Matthew 5 14 says you are a light of the world and a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid Ephesians 5 8 for you were sometimes darkness but now you are light in the Lord walk as children of light what are you saying to us preacher I'm telling you in this hyper grace era in this cheap grace era in the body of Christ I'm telling you that it is high time for us to completely forsake the lifestyle and works of darkness and make up our mind that we are not going to be a night and day believer we're not going to live in both worlds we're not going to straddle the fence we walked out of darkness when we gave our heart to the Lord and there's no going back there's no turning back I'm a child of the light and so I'm going to walk as a child of the light. Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> Pastor, I want to be blameless. I want to be harmless. It was once said, we can easily forgive a child who is afraid of the dark. The real tragedy of life is when men are afraid of the light. 
Mm. I'm a child of the day. I'm a child of the light. Philippians tells us that this is a crooked and a perverse nation. Can someone say amen? Was he telling the truth? In that crooked and perverse nation, God calls you to be blameless and harmless and shine as the light of the world. You can't do that holding hands with the world. You see, here's truth. There are secret disciples here today. Oh, yeah, yeah. Secret disciples. Secret believers here who will go but not too far with the Lord. Come on, are y'all still awake out there? There are secret believers here that will let Jesus have some of your life but not all of your life. There are teenagers in this room. You don't mind being a secret follower as long as it doesn't affect your image. You know, here in the house of God, I'm a believer. But out there, I'm going to blend in with my Snapchat and my Instagram. It's not going to sell me out as a believer. Oh, I felt that bounce back. I felt it bounce back. If you're here today and you're trying to live in both night and day, darkness and light, one foot in, one foot in the other, you are more in danger than the one who is in complete darkness. The enemy has deceived you. He has fooled you. For those of us who live in the light, there's always that constant struggle, that battle, when you will to do good, evil, is present. The flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit wars against the flesh. Can I tell you, this is no cakewalk walking in the light. There's a constant battle against your soul for you to slide back into duplicity, into hypocrisy, into professing one thing and possessing something different. The man in the night. The difference between night and day. How many times have we said that? Difference between night and day. John 3, he's the man in the night. In John 7, he's a man trying to live in both worlds. But his story doesn't end there. The last of his story is found in John chapter 19. See, in John 3, he's come to Jesus at night. John 7, he's, in my opinion, he's trying to live one foot in the darkness and one foot in the light. But in John 19, specifically in verse 39, he's watched Jesus beaten. He has watched him bloodied and his beard has been ripped out and stripes have been placed upon his back. And a crown of thorns has been driven into his precious brow. Spikes have been driven into his hands and into his feet. He watches it all unfold from the shadows. He hears the Lord cry out in anguish, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. He hears the words of Jesus hanging on a cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. 
And then he hears the words. It is finished. And within a few moments, of all people, Nicodemus does something that is unusual. He goes to Pilate and he begs for the body of the Lord. And he walks out in the middle of the day at three o'clock in the afternoon. And he goes and he removes one spike from a hand and another spike from a hand and another spike from his feet. And the bloodied body of Jesus is draped over his shoulder and he lowers him down and lays his body into a borrowed tomb. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us to understand what is happening here. The first time you see Nicodemus, he's coming to Jesus at nighttime. But the last time you see him, you see him walking out in the middle of the daytime. He's sacrificing his reputation. He's sacrificing possibly his life. His image is completely ruined. You don't touch a dead body. You don't let blood from a dead body spill on you. And yet, out of the shadows he said you know what I can't hold it in anymore I can't take it anymore I've been living in the dark and living in the light too long it's time to completely forsake darkness and say I pledge allegiance to the Lamb of God that has taken away my sin oh Holy Ghost help me I ask myself the question I have many times, what broke him out of darkness? What brought him into the light? And I'll tell you, the answer has always been the same. It was the cross. The Lord showed me this many years ago. That day he was ran out of the synagogue but he joined the church. That day he could not participate in the Passover, but he met the Lamb of God. That day he touched a dead body with blood spilled all over him, but in so doing he received eternal life. Let me tell you something. Can I just come down here? It's a few more steps and I got to get a little more cardio in. I've been eating too much Christmas food, okay? So I'm just going to walk my pace myself down here. I feel the Holy Ghost about to blow up inside of me, but I'm telling you I'm glad to be in a church that still has a cross in the sanctuary. In fact, if you look and you're counting good, you'll find five crosses, two on the wall and three on the pulpit. Why is that? Because I still believe in the cross. Paul said, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of Jesus Christ. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, not I, but it is Christ that lives in me. I'm not going to glory in anything on this earth except the cross of Jesus Christ that has caused me to be crucified to sin and alive in the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me tell you what we need. For this beautiful facility, it's not worth a plug nickel if it doesn't have the presence of Jesus in it. This beautiful facility, 
And this altar area that I walk in has its value mostly out of newborn babes beholding the cross of Christ and coming to Jesus. Thought you were going to get a little more sophisticated when you got over here. Wrong. I just got a little more room to operate. This afternoon, 10 or 11 of our college and career are headed to the ramp. That's right. I'll tell you right now, just go ahead and pray that God messes them up in the Holy Ghost. And that they have a fresh encounter, not with Karen Wheaton or Eddie James, but they have a fresh encounter with the risen, the crucified and risen Lord. They have a fresh encounter. I'm telling you, in a few weeks, our young people will descend on Knoxville, Tennessee with 15 or 20,000 other young people. I tell you what they need. They don't need the latest song. They don't need the latest smoke machine. They don't need the latest bells and whistles. What they need is a fresh encounter with the Lamb of God. They need a fresh encounter with the Christ who hung on a cross that can change them and transform them and change them for eternity. I made them seats too comfortable. I can tell that already. <laughs> That's what broke him through. We can't apologize. We have to continue to preach the cross. We have to continue to share that though it may be offensive in some Christian circles, we are still a bloodied relationship with the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And we will not apologize for it. So let me ask you. You're in one of three places. You're in the dark, like Nicodemus was in John 3. Or you're one of these people that you think you have just enough of Jesus to go to heaven, but you still want to kind of dabble in some of your worldly stuff. That makes you the Nicodemus of John chapter 7. You know, I'll defend him but I'm not going to go public with it. <laughs> or have you become that believer that has truly sold out and you realize that it's the same for every person? You beheld Jesus on the cross. You walked out in the middle of the day and you said there's no turning back to the night. You are, you are the difference between night and day. Sometimes little, small little words catch my attention in the scripture. 
John chapter 3 and John chapter 7, it says, Nicodemus, the man who came to Jesus at night. But in John 19 in the King James, it says, Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night. The Lord is sending a strong message that we must be people of the day. We must be people of the light. Our peers have to know it and identify it. He said, if you are ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of you before my father and his holy angels. Mm. Would you bow your heads with me? This word is a very direct word, but there are people in this room that are in darkness. You know you're in darkness. You know you're in the night. And this word has been for you. It's critical, it's critical to leave the night and come to the day, to leave the dark and come to the light. I don't know how to do it. It's very simple. It's a matter of saying I'm a sinner and I'm in desperate need of a Savior. The Holy Spirit is convicting people, even this very moment. Today, he, he simply wants you to behold the Savior on the cross and to say, Jesus, would you wash me? Would you make me whole? Would you come into my heart? This altar's open. I'm down here waiting on you. It's time to lay the guilt down to lay the sin down, to lay the shame down. It's time to leave the night and come over to the day. It's time to leave the dark and come over to the light. I'm here waiting on you. Without a doubt, and the Lord laid this heavy upon my heart, without a doubt in my mind, there are, there are people in this room you consider yourself to be a follower but you're the only one that really knows it out in the world something's wrong something is wrong there is no such thing as secret discipleship you're trying to live in both worlds because you're concerned about your image in this world you're concerned about what your peers will think of you in this world. Your co-workers, the students in the high school, on the sports team, in the hallway, at the locker. And you just say, I need prayer. I need prayer. This altar is open for you. Just to come and kneel and say, Lord, here I am. I'm in need of prayer. They're coming. Come on. Come on, be honest. Nobody's casting stones here. This is a question only you can answer. But it's time. It's time that you say, Lord, no longer am I going to be straddling the fence. You said no one can serve two masters, so it's impossible. I'm fooling myself. 
I'm fooling myself if I believe that I can serve the Lord and hold hands with the world. Anyone else? We'll stand before God one day and we'll be judged for every word we've ever heard that has been declared as an oracle of God. I want to be right daily. Daily. You say, well, you're the preacher. You're the pastor. Daily. I have to take inventory. Daily, I have to examine my words, my thoughts, my deeds. Daily, I have to break out Psalms 51 and say, Lord, search me. Lord, create in me a clean heart. I have to do that regularly. I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out. 